Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Father Andy Young back with us. He is going to be in to talk about his experience uh, as a soldier and as a military chaplain in Afghanistan. Uh, He was among the first soldiers to arrive there and one of the last chaplains to leave uh, before August 31st. So he has a great story, um, learned a lot, and he's real fun to talk to. So I hope you'll stick around for that. First, we have the always lovely and popular <laughs> Dr. Chris Bergwald. For some. Biblical Bites with Dr. B. You're, get, you're getting there. You're, you're, you're really... It's not quite the same every time, but it's getting it's, close. It is. It yeah. is. And of course, we have Mr. Bill Seeley. Mr. Bill Seeley. <laughs> just a thumbs up. Yep, nothing just a yet. thumbs up for those on video. Um, so, Renee, what's today? Do you know? Well, today is Wednesday. Oh, yes. But, but as people are. I think it will be the 25th. Yep. Sunday, Sunday in ordinary, in ordinary time. time but year there, B, as we've yeah, been okay, discussing. Yeah. So we've been spending time with the Gospels for a while. We're mm-hmm. not going to actually Ooh, today okay. for quite a while. Uh, Mark last couple weeks, John before that. This is going to mess us both up then. We're right, uh, going to yeah. talk about something else. But before we do that, it occurred to me, I don't think we've, if we have, it's been a long time since we, we talked about something that I want to mention just because we have a little bit more time today. Ordinary time from possibly prior conversations. Do you have a recollection or just your vast knowledge of the faith? Vast knowledge. Do you remember? No. Why do we call it ordinary time? Mm. Is it just humdrum? Is it, is it the 25th Sunday humdrum time? <laughs> Bill, humdrum. What, what do you got, Bill? I've got nothing. I, nothing. Like I know hum, we've talked about this but you, before. Yeah. You like, you like re, should we rename it humdrum time for the diocese of Sioux Falls? Yes. Yeah. No. No. I do remember talking about this, but it clearly did not stick. Do you know what nor- ordinal means? Uh, it's a, well, an uh, ordinal number is a specific kind of number, but I it's just <laughs> Bill, math? Whole numbers. Yeah, whole numbers? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so ordinary so time to be ordinal time. It's just the time that's not Advent, Christmas, Lent, in between times? Easter, Pentecost. It's, so we have to name the other. So it's ordinal. So it's literally so it's ordinary. not about it's not ordinary in the sense of it's just regular time. How about that? But even that, it's just it's just a name for the other Sundays. Okay, and we number them. Why don't we just call one them Sundays? Thirty three. Forget the ordinary well, time. The twenty fifth Sunday. Yeah. Done. <laughs> That's, well, you petition holy. Maybe do a change.org petition to Pope Francis. Oh, yes. I'm sure to rename right ordinary on that. time. Just drop it and say the 25th Sunday. Because what the second Sunday of Lent of Advent. That's true. You got me there. So you come up for next week. I want to know what you want to call no. it instead of ordinary. I will time. not right. remember okay. to do that. So not the gospel today. We're going to go with the second reading, which is from. No idea. Usually from none at all, huh? I said none at all. It's usually from the New Testament. Yes, it is. <laughs> Do you remember last week's second reading? No. Bill has a furrowed look on his furrowed face. brow. Yes. <sighs> nope. Oh. James. Yep. We're, we're in James. So okay. we're, we're I like for James. Several for several weeks in a row, we've been hearing from um, one of the letters Saint James. So, ladies and gentlemen. Who is James? Not James. 
<laughs> what? Okay. What? He, he's, his name was not James, I don't think. It wasn't someone else? No, it oh, is okay. James. Okay. He says, he, he identifies himself, chapter one, verse one, as, so normally like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John do not identify themselves. Right. It's because of historical context tradition that they're ascribed to, and we have confidence that they were written by Matthew, Mark, right. Luke, and John. Paul, identify, I, Paul, and right. Marine, James identifies, I don't remember the, the specific form of the opening verses, but he identifies himself as the letter writer as James. But that's not James the Apostle, right? Well. Or is it? How many Jameses are there in the New Testament? There's two. Well, there. there's two apostles. Yes, there are. Yeah. So is it the other one? The other one of the apostles. So, like, I'm so confused I'm right now. Sick. Listeners, hang on. We'll bring some clarity here. Please help. There are three Jameses in the New Testament. Okay. There's James, the bro- older brother of John. Right. The, and so you got the two the, the two pairs of brothers who are apostles, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and James and John. Right. So that James is often called James the Greater. Right. And then there's the, James the Lesser. Who's yes. not one of the apostles. Oh, okay. Then there's James, the son of Alphaeus, who is also one of the apostles. Okay. So you got James, John's big brother, and James, son of Alphaeus. Okay. So let's James, the son of Zebedee, Zebedee, and James, the son of Alphaeus, are the two apostles who are named James. By the way, well, then there's James, who is the brother of the Lord, a relative, oh. a cousin of Jesus. Right. He's the one who's called James the Lesser by okay. tradition. Okay. He is the one who we are fairly confident is the author. Oh. So there's three James, two of them are apostles and a third one. And the so he's third a disciple. One, he's just not an apostle. Great. Right. Right. So he Obviously. was a relative of Jesus yeah. who um, saw the risen Lord and tradition says that he, uh, in addition to being the author of this letter, that he was the first, um, the first Bishop of Jerusalem. Oh, okay. So that's who this James is who wrote the letter. And also, FYI, why all this James? Because James is the Greek form of Jacob, whose name was also Israel in the Old Testament. So an important name. All right. That's who James is. Awesome. Thanks for clearing that up, Dr. You bet. B. Today in the studio with me, I have, back for a second time, Father <laughs> Andy Young. Uh, he is the Vicar General for the Diocese of Sioux Falls and the pastor at um, Risen Savior in Brandon. <laughs> For a second, for a half a second, I was like, wait, what is the parish's name? That's terrible. I'm so Risen sorry. Savior. <laughs> but then it came to me. So how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Good. So we asked Father Young to come back today to talk about his experiences in uh, Afghanistan as both a soldier and as a military chaplain, um, especially with the things that have happened in the last, <clears throat> gosh, couple weeks now. Uh, we just kind of wanted to get um, an insider's look at what his experiences were there, what um, other military people might be feeling now, especially. Sure. So kind of talk about some of those things a little bit. Okay. All awesome. right. Great. So will you uh, kind of start by telling us a little bit about the beginning of your military service, yeah. how uh, where you started out? So I was a Marine. I am a Marine. Marines never say they were Marines. They yes, always are always Marines. Always are. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I was a Marine and I was stationed in uh, Camp Pendleton, California. Okay. And I was with the 1st Battalion, 1st Marines. There. You've been there? Yeah, it's a beautiful there. location. Mm-hmm. Right on the water. Uh, yep. It's prime property for the California. I'm yeah. sure they want to get rid <laughs> yeah. of the base. But a beautiful base. And uh, so I was with an infantry battalion. Okay. And, um, and we were, you know, I had been been there for over a year and we were getting ready for our our, for our deployment. We mm-hmm. were going to deployments for six months. 
Um, it just happened to be before 9-11. Mm-hmm. And so we were we had this great plans to go to uh, Thailand and Singapore and Australia and Hawaii. And, <laughs> and we were going to be in, at Christmas in the Seychelles. And we had this great of plan course. ahead of us. Um, and uh, we, we go. We were in Hawaii for 18 hours and uh, because we were trying to get to Australia because we had a— okay. um, we had a, a joint operation, joint training with the Australians. Sure. And now there actually is a is a base of development base in Australia, so it's okay. a very close relationship with us and the Australians. Yeah. And uh, so we're up in Darwin. We're going up in Darwin. That's like the outback of Australia. Oh, okay. Okay. So you talk about you know gators. You talk about you know kangaroos. They all live <laughs> up there. It. Yeah, that's where you got to go. And uh, so we were in Darwin, very small small town. And that's when um uh so we were there. We had just been out to a social with the uh, Australian Army as the officers mm-hmm. and. Uh, we were out actually downtown, downtown, kind of just going from restaurant, kind of bar, whatever, just uh, hanging out. Mm-hmm. And we saw the TVs, and they had, they had the Twin Towers and fire, and we thought it was like a movie. Yeah. Uh, because we, well, it's Australia. They have different movies over right. here. And uh, eventually they came in, like minutes later, they came and cleared out all the restaurants. And oh, and wow. we had three ships uh, of Marines and sailors in, in Darwin. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were all ordered to go back to the ship. Oh, and, wow. Uh, because 9-11 had happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it was kind of an eerie feeling. I mean, it was like midnight Australia time. Um Again, all the, t- the taxis were given free rides back to the ships because it was a bit—it was a bit of a jaunt. It was mm-hmm. five miles, um, oh, so yeah. of course I went and said, "Well, if all those people are lining up for taxis, I'm going to call my parents <laughs> because I figured <laughs> While you know." I'm waiting. Make and sure so okay. I called home, and and of course my mother was very because um, it's morning here. Morning here, yes. And uh, and they had seen the news, and again they knew that we were—I was deployed, and and when Marines are deployed, they're kind of the tip of the spear, mm-hmm. and it's like if something happens, those Marines probably are going to go there, and right. And so immediately she started thinking, oh, no, and uh, my son is out there and where is he going to go? And so it was kind of a hard conversation to have because I didn't yeah. know when I talked to him again. Right. You know, I was going back to his ship. Um, I knew that we would have less contact because just because of security reasons yep. and, and uh, keeping his loose lips sink ships. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, so it was a kind of a hard conversation I had with my parents. And I got back and went to the ship. And as we were walking to the ship, they were saying over the one MC of the ship, a man the 50 cal machine guns. And uh I knew life was different. At that oh my point. goodness! Because uh, I'd never heard that on a ship. We typically don't always, always, you know, man the, the fifty cal's and right. uh, which is our main machine gun in the ship. So we left within three hours. We had all the marines and sailors accounted for, and we left uh, to go to uh, wherever the president sent us. Right. So you were a little, uh, probably a little worried at that point, or uh, anxious to say the least. Anxious, you know, kind of just the unknown, you know. Yeah. And, and we were, you know, we were, you know, we didn't have access to internet because they'd shut everything down in the ship, so we didn't know what was going on. Right. We didn't know we were getting news reports. Um, uh, one of my jobs was to kind of work was kind to the I worked for the colonel who was my boss, the battalion commander. Mm-hmm. And one thing he wanted me to do was to figure out. I mean, we had we had over over a thousand Marines on the three ships, is to figure out who might have had someone a family member in the Twin Towers or oh, at the Pentagon sure. or in one of those yeah. planes. And so we were trying to, and how do you ask that question, you know? And um, so it, it was, a, it was a, a difficult time. We had a, we had one, a master gun, gunner sergeant who was, um, brother-in-law was uh, a firefighter in, in New oh. York City. And a lot of, and a lot of military comes from New York City. It's a big right. city. Right. Um, in the Pentagon, a lot of people come from Virginia, you know, because it's, it's all mm-hmm. the veterans, you know, live in the Virginia area. So really we had no, we had no deaths from Twin Towers, from family members. Wow. So, I mean, only a couple had connections there, but um, so then we went off and we went we went to East Timor. We had a humanitarian operation. We were still going to do in East Timor, mm-hmm. which was the newest democratic uh, country in the world. Right. Uh, our two weeks there ended up being two days there. Two days, yeah. And then uh, and then we had orders to go into Pakistan as okay. the air war began. That's right. So you guys were one of the first uh, units 
we were. In. Is that so right? we were so we went into Pakistan first because as the air war began, uh, so we were literally on our ships watching the Tomahawks launch oh, wow. uh, to go into Afghanistan, and then we went into Pakistan as a uh, in case an aircraft got shot down, we would be there to recover that aircraft sure, sure. and the pilot. Um, and then we came back to the ship, and then we were the first Marine unit, uh, first unit American unit uh, in Afghanistan, the first okay. time some Marines have ever invaded a country which was landlocked. Oh, so Afghanistan's landlocked. There are no right. there are no ports. That's right. Because Marines typically, yes, are on ships. That's and true. Come off the ships. <laughs> and we go to the shore. Uh, right. <laughs> we don't jump over countries. To right. Get the, yes. No. <laughs> so you spent some time in Afghanistan, and then you went to Iraq mm-hmm. as well. So how long were you in Afghanistan? How long were you in Iraq? So we were in Afghanistan from, it must be maybe four months probably, until we got relieved, and then another unit took our spot. Um, we were basically south of Kandahar. Okay. Uh, we had pushed up to the airport of Kandahar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and that's when the Northern Alliance was pushing south, and so we were a blocking force for the Al Qaeda and the okay. Taliban, so they couldn't go keep going south. Um, we left there, went back to Pendleton. Our deployment was done. We were extended for our deployment, um, and then we, um, I moved to the regiment, First Marine Regiment, and uh, then plans started circulating about going to Iraq. And so, <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> like- actually, I was. It was on Christmas Eve. Uh, I was home for Christmas, and uh, I my I was not home. And that's before. I don't think I had a cell phone even sure, then. Yeah. And um, um, I, I came home. I was, went to the store with my brother. Came home. My mom said, "Your your executive officer called." It's Christmas Eve, and so I, I called him back, and he said, um, "We got the orders. We're going to deploy to Iraq." And so I <sighs> told my mom. I said, "Well, um, I need to leave tomorrow. Go back to California." Uh, and uh, so that was a hard. <laughs> my <yeah>. poor parents. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and uh, uh, so back to back to California, I went, and then we deployed in January. Yeah. We deployed to um to Iraq and so we were in Kuwait and then we were we were with the first and the first the force that invaded into Iraq. She had a lot of firsts. A lot of firsts. A lot of firsts you didn't really <laughs> first want. <is> first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so I don't wanna uh there are so many things to talk about with you with this stuff. So I wanna kinda move you you spent what, another year in Iraq or you took uh, about six months, seven okay. months. Yeah. Okay. When you got out of the service you were in four years, I imagine. Uh, almost or was six it years. Almost, almost six, six years. years. Okay. And the, most of that time was spent Afghanistan and Iraq. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not to just gloss over that, but when you got out of the service, you did something completely different. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, I initially got Obviously. out and I, I, I taught high school for two right, years actually right. in California. And then, uh, but I, I, yeah, I really got out of the military because I really felt a guy was calling me to, um, to live a different vocation mm-hmm. and um, a vocation of the priesthood and, that's really why I left the Marines. I probably would never have left the Marines if I didn't oh, wow. feel like God was calling okay. me to the priesthood. And and uh, and again, I took a couple different twists and turns. Initially, you know, I got to get a little cold feet at first with the <laughs> the order I was thinking about joining in California. And, and I think God had a plan with that. And yep. um, I taught high school for a couple of years, and then eventually uh, made the decision to come back to Sioux Falls, yeah. up in the diocese of Sioux Falls, and, uh, and go to seminary. Yeah. And so you went to seminary, became a priest, and. You were at the cathedral for a year, is Three that right? Years. Three years. Okay. Longer than I thought. And then was it your idea to be a military chaplain <laughs> so or was this someone else's idea? <laughs> well, you know, I, when I was in the military, I just, I, the role of the chaplain is very important. Yeah. Um, Imagine it was important for you during that time me. in Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we, uh, you know, the, uh, like we, it's like when I was in Afghanistan, um, I, we didn't have a priest with us. We had right. a chaplain, but no priest. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, literally, they flew because I was I was a uh, 
late a Eucharistic minister, extraordinary Eucharistic minister, uh, and at the time, as a, even as a non-priest or deacon, non-ordained, uh, I could distribute communion right. um, in time of need. Mm-hmm. And so that, the military policy has changed now. Archdiocese sure. of the military does not allow that anymore. Uh, but literally, so I was the lay leader in Camp Rhino, Afghanistan, south of Kandahar, mm-hmm. and they flew Jesus in from Qatar uh, <laughs> to, and so I could distribute communion. The pilot on the plane was a Eucharistic minister. He brought Jesus wow. from the priest, and priest did that. Pilate gave Jesus to me. That's really beautiful, though. And uh, to, we were yeah. able to have, and so I always kept Jesus on my body. It was mm-hmm. a requirement to keep Jesus with me. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, and so, so again, knowing the need of receiving the the, the sacrament, mm-hmm. the Eucharist, um, you know, and before we went to, to, from Kuwait into Iraq, you know, we had daily mass and we would get, you know, hundreds of Marines mm-hmm. uh, coming to mass, you know, and receiving the Eucharist and, and, and lining up for confession. Right. You know, because again, we were entering a country, we didn't know what Saddam Hussein had. Yeah. We, you know, chemical weapons were real, you know, you know, well, we didn't war, know what, we didn't I know mean, what he had, yeah. you know, we didn't know. And, and, uh, and so again, when, 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 you know, there are no atheists in foxholes, right. and that is true. <laughs> and, uh, and people wanted to, to, you know, have that protection and peace that yeah. Christ could give. Yeah. That's super. Important. And I wanted to, and so when I became a priest and part of the idea was that I would go back and serve at least five years. And I did in as a different service as a chaplain, mm-hmm. um, I was co-sponsored by the military archdiocese, right? And uh, and so again, it was a it was a desire. I love being I love parish work. I love being in a parish. I love the diocese. You know, but I really felt that I needed to kind of get back. Yeah, yeah. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Father Andy Young about his time uh, as a soldier and as a chaplain in Afghanistan. Um, <clears throat> you were basically there the entire time, or there in some form at some point during the entire twenty years. It was uh, so. Okay, as a chaplain, you spent a little bit of time in Florida, mm-hmm. and you went back then to Afghanistan. When did you go Last back? Last year, I was I was there, I was there right now. I was <laughs> right actually now. just getting ready to leave. I just get, oh. I was there from like April till till now. So okay, mid June. Yeah. Um, so I was yeah I was uh, so I went back as the Air Force chaplain mm-hmm. uh, as the priest, and from a lot of the time I was the only priest in all of all the services in right. Afghanistan. And right. So. Again, I was at Bagram, the big base you hear about mm-hmm. now, big Bagram base. And we had multiple chapels at Bagram. Okay. And so uh, I would say mass. I was at the special forces part of the base. Mm-hmm. And so I would say mass for our guys, but not everyone could come into our chapel because right. we were we were a base within a base. Sure. Um, and so then I would go out to the main chapel and say mass. And I went to the hospital and said mass. <laughs> and I went over to the warrior chapel, which is on the other side of the base and said yep. mass. And that was where a lot of the contractors were. Yes. Because again, we think about war these days there's yes there's there's american soldiers we have a lot of civilians there are contractors yeah. we have contractors from other countries there yeah. um and so we had a lot of a lot of um uh, men and women from from the african nations right and uh many are catholic we had a lot of philippine people from the oh, philippines sure. there it's a heavily and catholic nation it is. isn't it yeah and so the, when i had gotten there warrior chapel had stopped saying catholic mass because for whatever reason the priest before me just didn't want to say mass anymore we had other obligations mm-hmm. which there are other obligations there mm-hmm. and I really wanted to start it up again. And I remember the first time I we went there, one, one person showed up because they didn't know. And the next time it was packed. <laughs> he told everybody. Yeah, told everybody. everybody. Hey, they have mass again. They have mass again. And, uh, uh, and they had their own little choir there. It was, oh, it, neat. Was, uh, it was It was really nice. And that's probably more, is that a mix of men and women then? Not necessarily. Yeah, mix of men Because I mean, there is obviously women in the military, but yeah. you're going to have a mix of men and women in even contracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even and on that side was the army side too, so we had a lot of the soldiers would come, oh, sure. uh, and they appreciated it because to get around that base, I mean, it was a large base. To yeah. get around the base, if you didn't have, we had some people had vehicles, but mm-hmm. if you waited for the bus, you would could show up, you know, Way two late. hours later than you were hoping to be there. <laughs> it just didn't mass. know when. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so you actually traveled around the country a lot. I did. I, I flew around to, you know, I went up to, uh, you know, the airport. We talk about seeing the news. You know, mm-hmm. I was at the airport uh, many times for mass. Mm-hmm. One of our, there was a base up there. I'd fly up there for mass. Um, um, I was at the embassy, the, the, Afghan, the U.S. embassy in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, I flew into, the, there's a soccer field right there next to it. And so I flew the helicopter into the soccer field. And, and I flew with the army. And yeah. so I would set my flights up through the army. And I never quite knew who was going to fly me. Okay. Um, but uh, one of my one of the guys who came to mass on Warrior side was an army pilot. Okay. And a uh, Blackhawk pilot. And uh, he loved to fly me. He would say, hey, hey, Father, I, you, I flew you on Friday. Or you flew you on Thursday, whatever day he flew me. And I'm like, because you can't tell they have helmets oh, on. I, I got no so. idea what. And I'm like, you did? Oh, you did a great job. <laughs> I got and there it, and back yeah. all in one piece. And it's funny, I've been in contact with him. Um, you know, when it, when I was back in Florida, after I got back, mm-hmm. he was in the area in, in, in uh, uh, Georgia for a training. And he texted me on a day before Easter. He said, hey, you have an Easter mass? I was going to drive and come see you for Easter mass. Oh, so he wow. drove like four hours to come to my my chapel for mass. Oh, and, that's awesome. And then, he, and then when the whole thing was happening in Afghanistan, he was he was asking for prayers because sure. a couple of, he went to flight school with four at least for the Afghan pilots mm-hmm. um, here in America, and and they were t- having trouble getting out. Oh yeah, and uh, and he was asking for prayers, and he was doing a lot of work trying to get them through the 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 the, the Taliban chain yeah. to get them to the airports, get them out, and he did. I mean, he was able to help them um, get them out, and so now they're en route uh, to America, and they were but Good. they were pilots for the Afghan military, which I mean, they flew back Blackhawks mm-hmm. in Afghanistan, and, and they knew that. Um, they didn't want to take the risk of, of, of letting whatever happened when the Taliban took over happen. So. Right, right. Okay, so I want to come back to kind of what happened here when they were leaving Afghanistan. But while you were there, you actually um, did confirmation and first communion for quite a lot of people. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Because this is this is not an insignificant number no. in that short amount of time. Well, and it's it's one of these things that you know when people are in those environments, you know what what's important, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know young young soldier from New York came to me is like, it's like father, you know, I'd never been confirmed. You know, right. when I was in high school, I just it didn't take the time, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to be confirmed. I want I want to I want to live out my faith. I want to you know be that soldier for Christ, and right. so. I said, well, let's start. And let's so we do started doing the classes and, and had some other people to come and just kind of sit in and listen. And mm-hmm. um, and so we so, so able to confirm him. I had a gentleman who from uh, New Mexico who was his, his his wife and children were all Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not Catholic. And and he wanted, and he always wanted to do it, but it's military life. Sometimes you're moving a lot. You're here, it's there. really difficult to do. And then to get in an RCA class. And, and so as chaplains, we got to kind of be, you know, work with them. We got to, right. you know, kind of like, you know, well, what have you done already to, to see where they're at so we can so we can get them to the point where they want to be. Yeah. And uh, so we'd, he'd done a lot of classes already. And so we kind of did some reviews and and then we actually videotaped it, uh, his, his uh, first community confirmation and uh, and he sent it home to his family. They didn't know, and they were so excited. Oh, I mean, that's and then cool. And he got to go home, and for the first time on Sunday mass, receive communion with his kids. Yeah, how um, sweet. Then I had again. I had a class. I had an Afghan gentleman who was yes. a tran- translator. Who that was fairly um, recently, like towards the end. Yeah, before like he actually, left. I think it's a year ago tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he it was a, again. It was somebody who he'd been introduced to the faith. He was mm-hmm. he was actually born Muslim. He had been introduced to the faith, and um, uh, when he came to America, then he was sent back there to be our translator. Sure. Um, and uh, so he had this desire, and, and he told me a story. He came to mass. He started coming to daily mass, and and um, he told me a story about he looked at the cross when he was uh, younger. He looked at this cross, and and uh, and well, he had a dream, and and it's man rescued him in, in this dream. Oh wow! And he's like, he's like, I was drowning, and this man came and rescued me. And he goes, then I went into a church, Catholic church, and that was the man. 
and he pointed to Jesus oh on the goodness. cross. And so he had this um, profound story. And uh, and so, yeah, so we so I got permission. So again, I, would, I only had like a week right. because he was going off to this base, which was, you know, a dangerous base. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, in, and we didn't want him to leave that base and not have the, the grace of the sacraments. Right. And so uh, I received permission from Archbishop Brolio uh, to baptize First Communion and Confirmation. Right. Um, wow. And so the day before, the day, actually the day I left, I did all the sacraments for him. That's and then so the cool. coolest thing about it is that night, because uh, we worked nights. And so that night, I wanted to say mass the day I left, you know, because I had priest say mass every day and I didn't know where I was going to be. The, right. And so I went in, in the middle of the night, like a one in the morning, to say mass. And no, lo and behold, he was there in the chapel. And so he's had his, I gave him his first communion and his second communion <laughs> uh, and, and uh, before I flew out. That's so. great. Okay, so we don't have very much time left. And I knew this was going to happen. There's just so much to talk about here, but um, we, it was good to get a feel of it. So I want to know, first of all, have you heard from that gentleman? Do you know if he got out? So I don't know because okay. he was fearful of, I don't have any touch. Con- contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So- We'll I pray, praise that. Yes, pray for him that he got out. Hopefully Abdul. he did. And and I imagine that if he can, he will contact you. He would. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. But I do know when he when when the priest went to his base, after I left, the priest went to his base where he was an interpreter. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he announced he's having daily mass and, and uh, to come, and he came for mass. Oh, good. So third communion. Good. <laughs> <laughs> he's, still, he's still doing it. All right, so um, what I really want to know from you is what can— People around here, because there's a lot of now military people here who spent time in Afghanistan or Iraq during this 20 years and are probably feeling a little uh, disappointed, maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of feelings going on for these folks, I'm sure. So we only have about a minute or so, a minute or two. Can you just, what can people do to help these soldiers, ex-military, just coming back, whatever it is, to adjust now? Well, I think, you know, there's a couple of things. Now, with that, with Af- you know, Afghanistan, sometimes there's a feeling of, well, would it, was it a failure? Right. You know, yeah. and, and and I always look at it, it wasn't a failure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. I mean, we gave people hope. Yeah. And uh, and I think that that's what we hang on to, that we gave them hope. We don't know the end of the story. Right. Uh, yeah, we only, right. We, the, bo- the book's not written yet. Right. And we gave those people hope and we gave education and they people had 20 years of something they'd never experienced before. Yeah. And I think that's something they'll always lean on. Mm-hmm. You know what we can do for our military members here. I think you know encouraging them to to, to be in touch with with you know with with our veterans groups. Mm-hmm. You know our, the VFW, the American Legion. Sometimes we think oh they're all the old people there. Well they're not no. old. No. I go to them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because There's, again yeah. those common bonds and relationships go a long way. Yeah. And it's important to keep those up I think because mm-hmm. uh you, you it's really difficult to just move I, of course, don't know this firsthand, but to go from one setting in the yeah. military and then just back to regular life, yeah. it's a little because bit Because there's, there's things transition. that you see or, or thoughts you have or when how things affect you that you really can't just talk to anybody about right. because no one understands right. that being in that environment yeah. and what you had to go through. Yeah. Do you have some of those soldiers around here reach out to you still? I do. do I do. I have, uh, I, and I have soldiers that I served with, yeah. Marines and sailors that, that still contact me. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, you're a good person for them to talk to because I'm betting as a mili- former military chaplain, you're pretty good to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Father Young, for being here with us. I wish we had more time to spend with you. Um, I'm sure we'll have you back again. Thanks, Renee. Thanks Thank a you. lot. All right. Uh, if you haven't found us on social media yet, you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at SF Diocese. And you can always find uh, all kinds of things about what's going on in the diocese at our website at sfcatholic.org. 
That is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.